Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. How many bold lions we got in this place? Tell somebody, I'm bold as a lion. The word of God said that the wicked flee when no one is chasing them, but the righteous, any righteous people we got in this place, the righteous, the word of God says, shall be bold as lions. How many of you got some holy boldness in you today? Amen. I ain't talking about you got some, you got some hero juice. You know, some, you know, you know, that different kind of drunk. Some people, they get drunk, they get, they get brave. That's why they call it courage juice. We ain't talking about something that's going to wear off. God wants us to live in perpetual boldness. There, there never was a moment that Jesus shrunk away from the moment. He knew who he was. He knew what his mission was on this earth from the minute he started his ministry until he went to the cross. And it's all about identity. Somebody say identity. Amen. It's all about identity. And when you know who you are, how many know who you are? When you know who you belong to, how many know we belong to the most high God? When you know who you are and who you belong to, and how many know God's got your back? Don't you remember when you were little, anybody ever had a bigger brother that you talked when you went to the bus stop, you talked with a little bit more junk because you knew that if you got into something, your big brother was going to come to your defense. Well, we know that whatever we get into, our elder brother, Jesus Christ, has our back and he, he has at his disposal a legion and legions and legions of angels that are going to come and see about you. That's the reason we can get bold, because we're not in this by ourselves. Tell somebody, you're not in this by yourself. If we were in this by ourselves, there'd be some reason to have some timidity, to be, to be afraid. But because God said he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, he will be with us always. Y'all know your Bibles, don't you? Even until the end of the age. Tell somebody, he's with you. So there's no need to be afraid. We talked about fear and timidity last week. And, and today we're going to talk a little bit about expectation. Tell, tell us about expectation. expectation. Amen. But we're going, to, we're going to go from expectation. We're going to call it expectation. Tell us about it next. Yes. Expectation. It, you have to be bold to look beyond where you are to look for what's next. I would dare to say that God, he, the, the shadow of God is where you are. But the presence of God is where you're going next. If you don't believe me, God allowed the children of Israel. He said, I don't want you to build a foundation. I only want you to pitch a tent because I'm going to send you a, a, a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day because I, I want you always to be chasing after what's next. Tell somebody, I want what's next. It's not, it's, 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 not, it's not that we're ungrateful. It's not that we don't appreciate what God is doing in the here and now. But God said there are higher heights and deeper depths, meaning that there is progression in God. If there is a height that's higher than what I am, that means God wants me to climb higher. If there is a depth that God wants me to reach, that means where I am was good for where I was, but it's not good for where I'm going. Am I talking in riddles today? 
Amen. So God, so God is a God of progression. And if we are made in God's image, tell somebody, you ought to progress. Therefore, we are, we are focusing today on the boldness of next expectation. Amen. We, we want to put, your, put our declaration for this series up. And it is this. Tell somebody, we are a bold people. Say it again. Say it with your chest. Say, we are a bold people. With bold faith. Praying bold prayers. Taking bold actions. Determined to see a move from God. Let's say it again. Say, we are a bold people. With bold faith. Praying bold prayers. Taking bold actions. And say, we are determined. To see a move from God. I want you to hold somebody by the hand and do that last part. Say, I am determined to see a move from God. Come on, go to your second choice and say, I am determined to see a move from God. Say, did you hear me? Say, I am determined to see a move. From God. See, God is always with us, but there's a difference between when God is always with us and when God starts moving in the midst of you. And the only way we're going to see God in his movement, I want to see the kinetic energy of God. I want to see God moving. Don't you, haven't y'all been praying for God to move? To shift some things, to fix some situations. Well, tell somebody you need him to move. I don't need, I don't, and here's the thing it's good to see God move uh, uh, intermittently, but I want to see God in his perpetual movement. I want to see God in perpetual activity. And the only way we're going to trigger God to be in perpetual motion and activity is if we take bold faith. Make bold decisions. Pray bold prayers. See, time out is saying, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the food on my table. And we should thank him for that. I want to thank you, Lord, for blessing me. Well, God said, I'm a God who knows all. I'm a specific God. Would you give me something hard to do? Tell somebody to pray a bold prayer. Praying this stuff to God. God don't even have to twitch his nose to do. Give God something to do. God, I, I thank you, Lord, for blessing me as I, as I go about this day. What does that mean? When the Bible says, direct the works of my hands, that means gives me specific directions. And some of the things we've been praying are an insult to God. Because we're asking him to do things that are really within our power. God, I thank you, Lord, for lowering his blood pressure. Well, if you stop eating all them skins, your blood pressure wouldn't be up in the air. Tell somebody, you can do that. You get up and walk every day, hugging into the refrigerator and back. Hey Amen. We want God. How many of you want to see God do the supernatural? Well, we want to see God do supernatural. Then we got to ask him for supernatural things. Amen. Amen. I didn't mean to make you laugh so much. Amen. Amen. But we are a bold people with bold faith. I'm determined to pray, pray bold prayers. And after I pray bold prayers, then I'm going to have to take some bold actions. 
Tell somebody, you got to take some bold actions. And when we do that, that triggers God's movement. God is an if-then God. So if you do this, then I'll do that. I'm going to hold my end of the bargain. God, how many know God is a covenant-keeping God? If we do our end of the bargain, God's going to do his, and he will do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to what, y'all? The power that worketh in us. You got to do some work, amen? Amen. Amen. So today we're going to talk about net expectation, and it is an interesting story taken from John, the 11th chapter. Amen. You may be seated. Go ahead. I'll go ahead and stand up and work. Is that okay? John, the 11th chapter. And this is the story of Lazarus. Lazarus is a man that Jesus loved dearly. He was a friend of the family. The chapter starts off talking about there was a certain man that fell sick. It was Lazarus, the, the, the brother of Mary. You know the Mary, the one that, that cried on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair? So he knew this family very well. And they made a call out to Jesus. And they said, Jesus, your friend Lazarus is sick and he's about to die. And we're going to pick right up here at 11. And Jesus said, these things said he. After that, he said unto them, our friend Lazarus is asleep. But I go that I may awake him out of sleep. <laughs> then the disciples said, oh, Lord, if he be asleep, then he's doing well. And then Jesus said, said Jesus, how be it, Jesus, spake of his death, but they thought that he, was of it, that he had been spoken of taking a rest in sleep. And then Jesus said unto them plainly, oh, no, don't, don't, don't mistake it. Lazarus is dead. In the natural, he's dead. He said, but I call him sleep. And can I put a pen right there? The things that may seem dead in your life, God calls them sleep. What the enemy and what, what the world calls clinically dead, there is no life in you. Whether there's no life in your organs or whether there's no life in your marriage or where, whether there's no life in your career. It seems like, it seems like people made all these promises and you hear the dead end. The word of God said it is only asleep and it's not dead. And so, and then this is what Jesus said to him. He said, look, he said, Lazarus, he said, look, I said he was asleep in the spirit because I know what's about to happen. I'm only calling him sleep. But in your earthly realm, what you are experiencing and what you are looking at the measurements of how things are turning out, it is clinically dead. Tell somebody, it's dead. Whatever's going on in your life, it may be dead. The organ in your body, it may be dead and not functioning right now. Tell somebody, I'm not in denial. It's dead. But God calls it asleep. And guess what, y'all? Anything that is asleep can be awakened. I'm preaching good right now, y'all. I ain't got to get loud about it. Anything that is asleep can be awoken. So I don't care what seems to be dead in your life. God said start calling it sleep. Mm. So you got to be bold enough 
to look at the facts but then declare the truth. See, there is a difference. See, the fact is that you may have a diagnosis. You may have a bad diagnosis. Tell somebody, that may, those may be the facts. But the truth is, by his stripes, we were, meaning it is already in existence. Anything that you has were by, meaning it already happened in the past, meaning on the cross when Jesus said it was finished, everything that he needed to do, it was completed at the cross. Tell somebody, it's already done. And so what we have to do as people of God, we have to boldly align our faith with, with what has already taken place in the spirit. And boldly declare that it is a completed work. Amen. And this is what I love right here at 15. <laughs> he says this. He says, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. He said, not only that he's dead, now, now, Jesus can be a junk talker sometimes. He said, he said, not only is Lazarus dead, he said, but I'm glad I wasn't even there. Yeah. Now, what did that mean? Like, this is supposed to be your friend, man. This is supposed to be Lazarus, who you love. I mean, these people, these some of your people from your neighborhood, you really love these people. Why are you saying you not, you glad that you weren't not there? I, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there for the intent that ye may believe. I'm going to say it like this. If God showed up every time we called him, we'd be, y'all ever seen, y'all ever seen little children who parents almost wrap them in bubble tape, don't let them do nothing, don't let them go out, don't let them get, don't let them reach and get their own food, don't let them feed themselves, don't let them go out and play. You ever see the kids kid so scary and they spoil and they feel like they can't do nothing? That's how God, that's what Jesus said. He said, I'm glad. He said, not only he's dead, but I'm glad that I wasn't there because this is going to end up building your faith. And so many times we like to see you're a good, good father. Yes, we, we, we want to we talk about God being a good father when he comes and does what we need him to do. But sometimes it's a good parent that's going to stand back and let the child fall. It's a good father. It's a good parent that's going to let the child be in distress. Because, you know, if I came and rescued you every time you got in trouble, you wouldn't know how to stand on your own two feet. I remember when I first went to college, I was 18 years old. My parents raised me to be independent. I knew how to wash clothes. I knew how to cook a little bit something so I wouldn't starve. And I had some people that used to be in the dorm room with me. They didn't know how to do nothing. Didn't know how to shop. Didn't know how to wash clothes. Didn't know what size clothes they wore. But you know why? Because mom and daddy did everything for them. So they didn't raise an adult. They raised a grown child. And God said, some things I'm going to let you stumble. I'm going to let you fall. I'm going to let you touch that thing. You know, we, you know somebody, we got to touch, take the baby hand to the stove, say hot, 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 so they can associate. Sometimes God's going to let you go out there. He, he knows. He ain't going to let you get too far. Tell somebody, you can never escape God's eye. He's going to let you get out there and test the waters a little bit so you can see that it's a better place to be in the safety of the Lord. And so it's not just a good father that hands you everything and plays Santa Claus and, and it's like an ATM dispenser and give you everything every time when you need it. Sometimes the goodness is in the, in the father is when he allows you to go through trial. When he allows you to be persecuted. When he allows you to be lied on. When he lie, lie, allows people to turn their backs on you to where you feel like you're going to die. God said, that's when I'm being a good father. 
I'm the good father who provides, and I'm also the good father that turns his back every now and then. Even Jesus said when he was on the cross, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? God had to turn his back on his own piece of himself. And so God, so Jesus is saying right here, he's saying, he said, look, it is for your sakes. I am glad that I was not there for the purpose and the intent that it will build your faith. Can I encourage somebody, if you don't feel like you feel God, when you pray, if you feel like God is not hearing you, sometimes God has simply put some earphones over his head just so you can feel what it feels like, that if God will withdraw himself from you. But God said, it's not unto your death, it's to build your faith up. Just because God does not answer does not mean he's not there. As a matter of fact, when he's, when he's quiet, he's closer than he's ever been to you. He's watching over to see how you're going to respond. He said, I wonder what they're going to do when I don't answer. I wonder what they're going to do when they don't feel me, when they don't feel chill bumps going over. I wonder what, when, they, when they feel the heat of the breath of the enemy more than they feel my presence, what is going to be their response? And God is saying, can you trust me when you don't hear me? Can you trust me when you don't feel me? Will you, tr will you trust me when I don't answer you back? God said, when, you don't, when I don't show up, it is for the building of your faith. It's not that I don't love you. It's because I love you, I'm not showing up. It's because I love you that I'm not saying nothing. So if you in a, if you feel, how many of you feel sometimes that you've been a, in a cone of silence? Well, somebody put you in a silence booth. You know how they do on, uh, what is it, Family Feud? They send somebody off the stage where they can't hear the answers. Anybody ever felt like, God, I can't hear you? I'm listening to every, all my favorite songs. I'm reading all my favorite scriptures. I'm, I'm going on YouTube and I'm listening to all my favorite preachers. And God, I can't hear you. Sometimes God has us in a cone of silence. Because we have to draw off not what he's saying. But what he said. That's why David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart so that I won't sin against you. He's not talking about going out there and sleeping with somebody's wife. He said, because, So I won't commit the sin of unbelief. God, I thank you. When you can't hear him, you got to believe not what he's saying. But God, I believe what you said. Oh, God, I thank you. Has anybody ever been there where you had to believe what God said? When he wasn't audibly, when he wasn't presently speaking, God, I have to draw off the well of what you told me 10 years ago and 5 years ago and 20 years ago. Lord, I don't believe, but I remember my grandma rocking in the kitchen and saying, Lord, I believe. It may not even be scripture, but God said, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. If you couldn't believe nothing, if you can't remember nothing, say, God, Jesus. Jesus, your name is a prayer that said, God, if I can't hear you, I know you can hear me. And you hear the prayer of the righteous of God. That's an answer for somebody. When you can't hear him, he hears you. He hears the prayers of the righteous. So God is saying, some of the times I ignored you on purpose. Good God. 
But do you got the maturity to thank God for not showing up? Why? Because it was for the purpose of building my faith. John 11 and 20 says this. And this is after Jesus came to town. Jesus waited for two days, y'all. He heard about it and waited for two days. He waited for two days. And then he came in town. <laughs> and 20 says this. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Mary, Martha ran out to him, but Mary sat still. And then Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother would not have died. And then when Mary was come to, then when Mary was come to Jesus and saw him, she fell down at his feet. This is 32, I'm jumping to y'all. And said unto him, Lord, if thou hast not been here, my brother would not have died. Isn't it amazing? They were two separate places but had the same response. And this is the thing we want to talk about today. It's not so much about being, about having expectation. Because we can have expectations sometimes. When they called unto Jesus, they expected him to come because they knew the history of Jesus. They knew he was a miracle worker. You know, we, you know when we got some people we know who can, who can push, push, your, push your, uh, your, your application to the top or, or push something down the DSS through? You know, we're going to make a call when we know somebody. Ain't that right? Everybody loves a hookup, don't you? Come on now, don't lie. We in church. Everybody loves a good hookup every now and then. Amen. So they, they, they had connections and they called, say, look, Lazarus is fine, man. Lazarus is sick. Hey, they, we ain't nothing to worry about. We calling Jesus. We got the hookup, man. We seen Jesus do stuff way worse than this. We seen him raise dead. We seen him uh, unstop deaf ears. We seen him get uh, uh, raise a paralytic. We seen him get demons out of people. So he's got this little bit of an illness. We just going to call Jesus and everything's going to be fine. Almost like take these two aspirin and call me in the morning. You know, but Jesus said, it was a good thing that I was not there because it's going to eventually build everybody's faith up. Jesus waited two days. And so instead of saying, Jesus, we're so happy to see you. We saw they said, Jesus, where were you? Dude, he gone. Where you been, man? We sent the message to you because we knew you was close enough to get here. And, and Jesus, where you been, man? He wouldn't have died if you was here. Instead of, so instead of meeting Jesus with the spirit of expectations, like, uh-oh, something about to happen. Jesus just showed up. Tell somebody, Jesus is in the room. And when Jesus comes in the room, things are about to shift. He's got a reputation everywhere he went. Stuff, I mean, when stuff was out of alignment, it came back into alignment. And then all of a sudden, instead of meeting Jesus with a spirit of expectation, they met Jesus. One ran out to him and one came in. Everyone that cried, that, that cried tears over his feet and wiped his hair with her tears. Instead of meeting him with a spirit of gratitude for showing up, she met him with a spirit of disappointment. And so I'm not here today to talk about expectation. 
Because everybody can start out bold with expectation. They started out with a bold expectation. Hey, I got the hookup. I know Jesus. Jesus is going to come see about us. Jesus loves us. He loves Lazarus. That's one of his boys. He's going to come see about him. But what happens when Jesus does not answer and when he shows up two days late? What's going to be your response when Jesus shows up? When he don't heal like you wanted him to heal. Like he don't answer prayer. Do you not know when Jesus showed up, answer prayer walked in the town? Answer prayer walked in the room and they got the nerve to say, dude, where were you? If you weren't so late, he wouldn't have died. <laughs> when life itself just walked in the room. <laughs> and everything they seen him do. But they had a spirit of disappointment. So can we talk a couple minutes about disappointment? I believe the spirit of disappointment and despair is one of the main things that is holding God's people back from being bold and daring in the kingdom. Because you've tried it before. Because you had a hope and an expectation and God did not come when and how we wanted to. And so we say, it'd be better that I don't even get my hopes and my belief up because if I don't care about it, it can't hurt me. If You know, he said, look, don't get my hopes up. Don't get my hopes up. You remember the prophet went to the woman and said about, the, about, about this time that she's going to have a son. She said, oh, man of God, don't get my hopes up. Tell somebody, don't get my hopes up. See, if my, hope, if, if my hopes don't get up, they can't come crashing to the ground, Brother Mark. And see what it is, see what it is, we've been coming in the house of God day after day, week after week, and, and, and the preacher's been preaching a good thing, and he's been reading the good news. How many know the Bible is the good news? That we are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath. We are the, we are the righteousness of God, and, and God will bless us when we call, and we get our hopes up, and when God doesn't move how we want to, when we want to, if it don't come in the color we want, we get a spirit of disappointment. So when, when, Jesus, when Jesus shows up, we don't even expect him to do nothing. We accuse of him. Why are you so late? Why didn't you come last week? We asked for you to come and stop him from dying. And you got the nerve to show up now? How dare they? I believe you enough to show up before he died, but I'm frustrated at you because you came too late. Oh, God. Come on, can we be honest? Have we ever been here? That God, you showed up too late. But the devil has been infusing us with a spirit of disappointment. And when you have a spirit of disappointment, it diffuses your expectation. I've got a couple of things about disappointment. Can I share it with you? Disappointment will focus on the failure of the present and cause you to forget about the successes of the past. The failure that's right in front of you can be so big. You know, you, if, you, if you zoom a lens, on, a lens into something, it can fill so much space of the lens that you can't even see the, 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 the greater background and the tapestry that's around it. And so many times because we are focused, we are, we are creatures of the present, we forget what God has done in the past. That's what Mary and Martha did. They, were, they had a first-hand account of Jesus raising the dead. 
So if, if, if they had seen him raise the dead in other people, how could, why would they not believe that he wouldn't do it for their brother? They seen Jesus do a multitude of miracles. But how so, so quick we are to forget the things that God has done for us. Or maybe God didn't do for you. He did it for somebody in your family. Or maybe did it for somebody on your job. Because you know what? God don't have to do it in my life for me to believe that God can do it. Because he is no respecter of person. If he did it for my sister over here, he'll do it for me. If he did it for somebody over in Croatia, if I, all I got to know is that God is able to do it. And so I just got to align myself where God is, and I believe that God will do it. It may not be how I want it. It may not be at the right time. It may not be the right color. It may come three weeks late. But when God comes, it's going to be the perfect timing. It's going to be just what you need, when you need it, how you need it. And look, we got we to stop being so frustrated with God because we don't know what God is keeping us from, y'all. God's ways and his timing is perfect. God never makes a mistake. He's good in all of his ways. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message. And we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.